Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, April 18th. Coming up today. Big bank earnings continue with Goldman Sachs and Bank of America reporting. The group of seven nations vow to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Elon Musk says he wants to take on Microsoft and Google in artificial intelligence. And Tim Cook opens Apple's first store in India. Trial begins in the Fox News Dominion voting machine case. Plus, a secret illegal police station in Chinatown has been shot down. I'm Michael Barr. We'll explain straight ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Mets beat the Dodgers. Playoff losses for the Nets and Islanders. The Knicks play the Cavs tonight. The Rangers play the Devils. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. Let's begin with earnings this morning. Two of the biggest banks on Wall Street report today, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Shanali Basic. We'll wait to hear from Bank of America to see if it'll increase its expectations for net interest income this year. Remember, a massive rival, J.P. Morgan, already increased their expectation for lending revenue by billions of dollars. We'll also hear from Goldman Sachs. And at Goldman, they have one of the biggest fixed income houses on Wall Street. J.P. Morgan and Citigroup already posted jumps in that business that were bigger than Wall Street expected. We'll also hear from BNY Mellon and Western Alliance Bank. The big story this week will be how regional banks and other big financial services firms are being impacted by the rise in interest rates. Bloomberg's Shanali Basic says look for Bank of America's earnings at 6.45 a.m. Wall Street time. Goldman Sachs reports at 7.30. Well, turning to the global economy now, Nathan, we got a surprise in the U.K. overnight. Wage growth unexpectedly accelerated, with average earnings rising 6.6% in the three months through February. That was quicker than the 6.2% pace that was expected. Bloomberg's senior U.K. economist Dan Hansen says the data is now sending a clear message to the Bank of England. This tips the balance towards them hiking in May. This is such a big surprise relative to our forecast, and we think relative to their forecast. I think even if you do get a slowdown in inflation tomorrow from 10.4%, we're expecting 9.8%. That's obviously still extremely high relative to a 2% target. And Bloomberg senior UK economist Dan Hansen notes the next BOE meeting comes on May 11th. Economic data are also in focus in Asia, Karen. China's economy grew 4.5% in the first quarter. That's the fastest pace in a year. But the monthly data for March came in mixed. And Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. Some strong data here and some that's disappointing. GDP expanding 4.5% from a year earlier was a surprise higher than the estimate of 4%. Retail sales jumping 10.6% in March from a year ago, and that was stronger than the estimate of 7.5%. However, industrial output rising just 3.9%, weaker than forecast, and fixed asset investment also lower than expected. Bloomberg Economics says consumption is set to remain strong this year, and that may just be the jewel of this big set of data. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, Brian, thanks. Well, geopolitics is in focus in Japan today. The group of seven nations vowed to support Ukraine for as long as it takes in its fight against Russia, while also calling for greater engagement with China. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has details from our 991 newsroom in Washington. The bloc condemned Russia's war against Ukraine, reiterated support for Ukraine's peace plan, and slammed Russia's irresponsible nuclear rhetoric. The G7 ministers also said they recognized the importance of engaging candidly with China and the need to work together on common interests while calling for a peaceful resolution of Taiwan-related issues. Now, the language on China was softened as the group tries to project unity after Emmanuel Macron's recent trip to Beijing when the French leader said the European Union should avoid being dragged into a dispute with China by the U.S. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Amy, thanks. We have an update this morning on the latest mission from SpaceX. The company says it'll try again to launch its massive Starship on Thursday. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. The crew says it's using the malfunction valve that scuttled yesterday's launch as a valuable learning experience. We're learning things today about the integrated tests that are going to set us up for success in a future attempt. As they tested mechanisms down to a hold of T minus 40 seconds, this is the rocket that Musk feels will ultimately get people to Mars. But this is the first attempt to even get it into outer space. So Elon Musk said that 420 is his favorite day of the year. And there it is. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, space isn't the only thing on Elon Musk's mind today. He's also talking about plans to get into artificial intelligence. The Tesla and Twitter CEO says he wants to create a third option to rival Microsoft's OpenAI and Alphabet's DeepMind. I'm going to start something which I know you call Truth GBT or uh, a maximum truth-seeking AI that tries to understand the nature of the universe. In an interview with Tucker Carlson on Fox News, Elon Musk says bots like ChatGPT are too politically correct. He says a truth-seeking AI, as he puts it, would be less likely to annihilate humans. Well, Karen, another tech CEO is in the spotlight this morning. Tim Cook has officially opened Apple's first company-owned store in India. And we get the details live from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan, Tim Cook beamed, took selfies, and hugged customers at the new Apple store in Mumbai. He's got good reason to smile. India is the world's second biggest mobile market with 1.4 billion potential customers. Well, this has been years in the works because Apple's had to jump through a lot of hoops. They had to meet regulators' demands, including sourcing some of the products locally. Right now, only 4% of India's smartphone users have iPhones. And even with that penetration, iPhone sales in the last 12 months were almost $6 billion. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. And Apple is also banking on another way to make money. It's teaming up with Goldman Sachs to offer a high-yield savings account. It's 50 degrees in New York. It's going to be breezy and continued cool today with highs in the upper 50s. We'll get down to around 45 tonight under a partly to mostly cloudy sky. And now it's time to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Federal authorities say two men were arrested for operating an illegal secret police station on behalf of the Chinese government in Manhattan. Authorities raided the so-called station on East Broadway in Chinatown. Officials say more than three dozen members of China's national police also face charges accusing them of creating and using fake social media accounts to locate and harass dissidents in the U.S. A 20-year-old woman was shot and killed in upstate New York over the weekend after the car she was pulled in to the wrong driveway. 
She says that, or police say, that Kaylin Gillis was with three people headed to a friend's house when they ended up at the wrong house in Hebron, Washington County Sheriff Jeff Murphy. While they were leaving the residence, once they determined that they were at the wrong house, uh, a subject came out on his porch for whatever reason and fired two shots, one of which struck the vehicle that Kaylin was in. Sheriff Murphy says the homeowner, 65-year-old Kevin Monahan, is in custody. President Joe Biden spoke with 16-year-old Ralph Yarl, the black teenager who was shot and wounded last week after mistakenly ringing the wrong doorbell. Prosecutors in Clay County, Missouri, charged Andrew Lester, the 84-year-old white Kansas City homeowner who allegedly shot Yarl. The NYPD says the last of three suspects wanted in the drugging deaths of at least two people has been arrested. 35-year-old Jaquan Hamilton faces charges. Police say they linked dozens of druggings, including seven fatal overdoses, to robberies around nightclubs in Manhattan. Jury selection is expected to begin this morning in the $1.6 billion defamation case between Fox News and Dominion Voting Systems. The start of the trial was delayed yesterday after talk of a possible last-minute settlement, but now it is set to begin. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says Americans were caught up in the violence in Sudan. We had an American diplomatic convoy that was fired on. Um, all of uh, our people are safe and unharmed. Uh, but this action was reckless, it was irresponsible, and of course unsafe. Secretary Blinken says it's believed the attack came from rapid support forces who are battling the Sudanese military. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Michael, thanks. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. For that, we welcome John Stashauer. All right, thanks, Nathan. It's the first time since 1994 all five New York area NBA and NHL teams are in the playoffs. That includes the Nets and Islanders. They both lost on the road. The Nets had a 10-point lead at Philadelphia. Sixers switched to a zone defense. Nets held only 14 points in the third quarter. Philly won 96-84. Tyrese Maxey, 33 points. Cam Johnson led Brooklyn with 28. The Sixers lead the series 2-0. Sacramento again beat Golden State. Kings are up 2-0. Knicks looking to go up 2-zip tonight in Cleveland. Islanders lost at Carolina 2-1. A game that was scoreless for the last 37 minutes. Bruins beat Florida. Overtime wins for Minnesota and L.A. Rangers and Devils begin their series tonight in Newark. Seventh time they've met in the postseason. The most memorable being the epic series in 1994. Rangers coach Gerard Gallant. I know we're playing a team that I see is pretty competitive, and the series can go either way. They're a real good hockey team. I think we're a real good hockey team. We match up real well from what I see, so I don't worry about all the experience and expectations and that. My job is to get our team to play the best we can, and hopefully we'll win. Last time the Devils won a series was 2012 when they beat the Rangers. Fifth straight win for the Mets. They won a back-and-forth game in L.A., 8-6 to six over the Dodgers. Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, all with three hits. Daniel Vogel back at two-run homer. A familiar script for ex-Mets ace Jacob deGrom, now with Texas. Four hitless innings, and then he left with a wrist injury. Jalen Hurts cashed in on his breakout season. The Eagles quarterback, now the highest-paid player in the NFL, making $51 million a year. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. 
Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. It is a morning with bank earnings back in focus. We're going to be looking for more clues about the impact of the regional bank turmoil in a little less than two hours, actually, when Bank of America and Goldman Sachs come out next with their first quarter results. Let's get a preview now. We're joined by Charlie Wells, finance reporter for Bloomberg News. Charlie, it's good to speak with you this morning. Of course, we already saw that nice jump in net interest income from the three banks that reported last Friday. Any reason to think things are going to be any different? for the next two coming up? Good question. I mean, the stakes certainly are high. Just a few weeks after some of the most dramatic news in the banking industry since the financial crisis. And we really are getting sort of two different banks reporting today that sort of represent different themes in the industry. So with Goldman, you know, really heavily focused on investment banking, the theme over the past year really has been a slowdown in IPO activity and mergers and acquisitions. The expectation is that will continue. There also will be a focus on Goldman's need to cut expenses. So before all of the regional bank crises happened last month, really there was this focus on that $1 billion cost-cutting plan at Goldman. So any movement that they could make could bode well for the bank. Finally, thinking about trading. So the end of the last quarter had some volatility, which could help trading groups at Goldman. Now, if you pivot to Bank of America, you get a very different bank, right, Nathan? It goes back to some of those banks that reported last week, more similar to JP Morgan, where we did see that good news about net interest income. We actually did see some good news about deposit inflows, even an uptick at JP Morgan. So Bank of America has a pretty high bar to follow there. Yeah, I would have to say so. I mean, you will have to think that uh, Bank of America could benefit pretty substantially from some of those depositor inflows, given its uh, pretty strong focus on the consumer side of the banking business. That's a really good point. And one of the points that analysts have been making over the past few weeks has just been about the fact that size for these big banks really seems to have mattered over the tumultuous few weeks when depositors really were concerned about the health and safety of banks. You know, whether or not those concerns were founded, we certainly have seen movements to some of the larger banks. So JP Morgan, I mentioned, they actually saw an uptick of 1.6% in deposits. And that, funnily enough, bucks a trend that we'd been seeing over the past year, which was the movement of deposits to 
to higher yielding accounts, to higher yielding vehicles, to money market funds, to treasuries, even to Series 1 savings bonds, which we have written about so many times and have been so popular with consumers. So, you know, there could be a surprise with Bank of America, actually. It may not be as good on the deposit front as some may expect. Um, And that is certainly a concern. And of course, they have, um, you know, some stiff competition now. Yeah, there is a lot of attention now on these uh, high-yielding accounts. I mean, we just saw that story yesterday with uh, Goldman Sachs getting ready to report here and uh, coming in with this partnership with Apple, of all places, uh, offering a high-yield savings account. Are we uh, in a place where we're looking at kind of a an arms race when it comes to trying to attract customers with uh, higher interest rates, uh, not just with the banks, but with fintechs? You know, that's... That Apple disclosure may be an opening salvo in an arms race. 4.15% for a savings account there. That is certainly going to put pressure on other banks. That figure, 4.15%, is 10 times the national average. And this was a concern that a lot of regional banks had, that some of these mega banks would start pushing up the amount that they could give to depositors, which would push the deposits at those regional banks to come under pressure, potentially lose deposits or actually, or lose some of that net interest income. Now, what we saw last week with some of the with some of the mega banks was less of an upward pressure than some may have feared. We'll see what happens with Bank America because, as you say, they do have so many consumer deposits. They may be feeling pressure there, but I do. I would have to agree with you. I think this is the beginning of a new era that we don't necessarily know how it will end because it's been a while since we've been in such a high rate environment. Also, the last time we were in a similar environment, there was not social media. There was not the ability to transfer money quite as quickly as it can be transferred now. So this could bring some surprises. Only about 30 seconds left here, Charlie. But if we start to see this race continue, what could it mean for margins for some of these banks if they're competing to raise deposits? rates, what what could that mean for their profits? It could certainly put them under pressure. And deposits are so important for banks. And they've, in a lot of ways, been taken for granted. You know, they're effectively some of the cheapest funding that they can get for other activities. And if those start to go, you know, that deposit beta will shift and they will potentially have to pay more to depositors or risk flight. And as we've seen, it's easier and easier to take flight of that capital these days. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.